0: This is the Christian's Hour. Welcome to TCH and 2024. Well, the holidays are over, the relatives have gone home, and you're recovering from so much turkey and Christmas goodies. For many, the new year is a time to detox. Perhaps this might be a great time to spiritually detox as well. This month on TCH, we're hearing from Gene Apple and Mike Bro. Gene and Mike minister with Eastside Christian Church with campuses in Southern California, Nevada, and Minnesota. There are many things that can be toxic to our spiritual walk. You know what I mean. Things that clog us up, weigh us down, cloud our spiritual vision. Things like a hurried, overpacked life, a tortured soul, a heavy heart, even a cluttered mind. This month we're taking a look at how we can detoxify our souls and empower our relationship with god it's called hurry sickness and it's embedded in our culture but it can be distracting detrimental even deadly to our souls well here's mike bro to coach us on a new less
1: maddening
0: pace of life
1: happy new year everybody it's great to see you guys hope you had an awesome christmas uh, I don't know whether you stayed here, or you traveled around the country or whatever. My family, uh, we all kind of made a 2,000-mile trek back to Kentucky to be with family for Christmas, and uh, we all got sick. It was great. Uh, so this Detox series is coming in handy for me. Maybe you feel like me, and you got like a combo of NyQuil, sugar, and gravy running through your arteries right now from all those Christmas things. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna dive into this series called Detox. Well, What we're gonna do... We really want this detox to affect our soul, the real us. See, it's important to recognize that we we are not a body that has a soul. We are a soul that happens to have a body. See, whenever, whenever you die, your body stops breathing and it starts to break down, but your soul goes on to live forever somewhere. We are not a body that happens to have a soul. We're a soul. It just happens to have a body. In fact, when God created the first man, Adam, look, look at what it says in Genesis, the, the, the second chapter there about how God created man. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. So we're not like just a body that has a soul, we're a soul that happens to have a body. So we thought it'd be a really great idea this year to begin talking about detoxing our soul and caring for the real us. And when Gene and I started talking about this this series, we thought maybe where we ought to start with the whole detox process, is with this thing that's been clinically labeled now called hurry sickness. And I'm guessing a lot of us could use some detox from that. Well, let me just see if you think you might have it. Let me just throw out some symptoms and ask you, are, are you in a constant state of worry and panic and stress? Do you feel like everything? Everything is urgent. Are you always available? See, it seems like we're just moving so fast that moving at we'll call it the speed of life. And we can't keep up. And we can't shut it down. Even when we try to rest at night, our bodies may fall, you know, may lie down, but our mind can't shut down. And our soul can't find rest. There's a guy named Solomon that wrote a pretty good chunk of the Old Testament of the Bible. And he wrote, he included his journal called the book of Ecclesiastes. In this journal, he writes about his own frustrations with life. And I think he nails our culture. This was written thousands of years ago. Look what he said. He says, so what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. And even at night, their minds cannot rest. Does that describe you? I mean, honestly, you find it difficult to shut down your mind. You may be hanging out with the family. Maybe you be cuddled up on the couch, but your mind. It's just racing with endless to-do list, and your soul just rarely finds rest. Man, I've been there. So can I give you just like three simple observations uh, from my own experience? I probably don't need to tell you these things, but if, if you continue to live like this, if we live at this breakneck pace, the first thing that's going to happen is we're just going to miss out. Moving at the speed of life, we just miss out. We miss out on life. We miss out on moments of life. I've got this coffee mug that someone gave me. It's a description on the front says, uh, You probably heard it before yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Did did you get the opportunity this Christmas to watch little kids open Christmas presents? Fun, isn't it? I mean, which one do they attack first? The biggest one, right? They go, The biggest one, they're ripping it open. The kids have this uncanny ability to open the present right in front of them, at the same time checking out the next one that they're gonna open, at the same time comparing what they're, what they're opening with what their brother or sister are getting, right? And we carry that with us into adulthood. We got one eye on the past, we got one eye on the future, and we're comparing our life with everybody else, and we miss the present, the gift that's right in front of us. So I've just been trying to slow myself down and unwrap the present and just soak in more moments these days because I know Because of my past out-of-control pace, I have missed a lot of moments in life that I should not have missed. And that's why one of my favorite verses from the Christmas story is one that gets overlooked all the time. It's from Luke chapter 2. It simply says this, but Mary treasured up all these things and just pondered them in her heart. Can you imagine how crazy and hectic that night must have been? But this young mom, she was not going to miss this moment. She was not going to miss opening this present. She wasn't stressing out about the circumstances. She wasn't panicking about what their next move as a family was going to be. She just treasured and pondered and reflected and just soaked in the moment. Because honestly, families can get moving so fast, can't we? We get doing so much stuff that we miss out on moments. And kids who are constantly being shuttled to like adult-driven, adult planned highly structured activities they can just miss out on simply being a kid now i love sports i've coached kids most of my life and i know the value of athletics and teamwork and all the beauty that goes along with all that but honestly to a lot of kids especially at a very very young age playing organized sports doesn't feel much like play you know who the structure appeals to yeah parents my four-year-old's not going to waste time they're being productive, they're learning a skill. I mean, how else are they going to get a scholarship 14 years from now? How else are they going to keep up with all the other kids? Again, I think Solomon nailed our culture thousands of years ago when he wrote this in his journal. He said, I observe that most people are motivated to success by their envy of their neighbors. This too is just meaningless. It's It's like chasing the wind honestly, we get thinking if everybody else is running fast and everybody else is getting ahead, if they have it, if their kids are in it, then we have to have it and we have to do it and we have to be in it too. And so we're driven by this unhealthy competitive spirit and we're moving at the speed of life. And if we aren't careful, our kids get turned into many high achievers and not allowed to be kids and we pass on our hurry sickness like a bad strain of the flu. I love what Sir Soren Kirkegaard once wrote. I thought it was eloquent. I thought it was profound. He said, The press of busyness is like a charm, its power swells. It reaches out, seeking always to lay hold of ever younger victims, so that childhood or youth are scarcely allowed the quiet and the retirement in which the eternal may unfold a divine growth. I'm just saying that families, especially kids, get moving so fast that they miss out on hearing the still, small voice of God in their life. They never get a chance to develop the eternal. They might learn a skill. They might stimulate their intellect. They might train their body, but they never get a chance to develop the real them, their soul. And gang, that's tragic. It's been my experience that moving at the speed of life, not only do we miss out, but also we pass by We get moving so fast that we just don't see all the opportunities for good all around us. And if we do see them, it's like way off in our peripheral vision somewhere along with a million other things. We can get moving so fast that our time becomes much more important than people. And we just pass by. John Ortberg writes about how his friend Dallas Willard spoke into his life about this hurry sickness. He said, we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Now, this doesn't mean that we'll never be busy. And Jesus often had a lot to do, but he never did it in a way that severed the life-giving connection between him and his father. He never did it in a way that interfered with his ability to give love when love was called for. He never did it in a way that caused him to treat someone as an interruption. Jesus was often busy, just never hurried. You see, the problem with hurry is that hurry is not just a disordered schedule, it's a disordered soul, It's a disordered heart. And when you have a disordered heart, you have a diminished capacity to give and receive love because love and hurry are simply incompatible. Love always takes time and time is the one thing that hurry sick people just don't have. So moving at the speed of life, not only do we miss out and pass by, but eventually do it long enough, we crash into it. You just can't sustain an out of control pace. You will, you will eventually crash. Now, it's no secret by now that research shows that the number one killer of adult Americans is stress. Stress fuels all kinds of ugly stuff on the inside of us, emotionally, physically. All kinds of breakdowns are caused by stress. So let me just ask you, honestly, how are you sleeping these days? Because I read recently that the number one predictor of happiness is the right amount of sleep, physically speaking. And maybe that explains why there's so many grumpy Americans walking around today. I don't know, because about a half of all adult Americans can't fall asleep at night. 49% say they have some sort of sleep-related problems such as insomnia. I like what my buddy Randy Frazee writes in his little book called Making Room for Life. He says, we can't solve the problem by purchasing the latest mattress used by NASA, goose-feathered pillows, silk sheets, down comforters, and mahogany poster beds. In the end... The problem is the way we live our lives when we're awake. So what do we need to do? and How can we cure our hurry sickness and find rest for our soul? Well, I'm I'm learning that instead of going through life, missing out and passing by and crashing into, the first thing you got to do is you got to pull over this new year. You got to pull over. And I almost wrote slow down, but I've learned from my own experience, it's got to be more radical than that. When you are hurry sick, you just can't, like, gear it down a little bit. You have to radically just pull over and stop. Now, I know that sometimes the circumstances of life can increase its complexity, but generally, pace is what you make it based upon the decisions that you make. The fastest I ever ran wasn't in a big city. I was living in a little sleepy town in central Kentucky in a county. A whole county had less than 8,000 people in it. We had like three stoplights in town, but I was at a rapidly growing young church. I had a rapidly growing young family. I was saying yes to way too many things. I was playing in all kinds of sports leagues. I was always available. I had to pedal down. I was trying to help everybody, save everybody, reach everybody, and please everybody. And my pace was just out of control. You see, your pace doesn't have as much to do with your external circumstances as it does with Your internal circumstances. Pace flows from a restless soul. Now, again, I know the circumstances of life can come along and, you know, throw things into a tailspin for for a while. I may not be able to choose caring for a sick child or an elderly parent. I may not be able to choose, you know, juggling unexpected financial things. I may not be able to choose even my commute in crazy traffic. But you know what I can choose? I can choose peace and I can choose joy. And I can choose to slow down my heart and my mind and my body and my soul. So where do you find rest like that? Where do you find rest for your soul? Now, I know what I'm about to say is going to sound like something you'd expect a pastor guy to say, but I'm just saying this from my own experience as a guy who has suffered from hurry sickness. There's only one place you're going to find that kind of rest for your soul in this new year, and that's in a relationship with God. Our souls find rest in God alone. David put it this way in Psalm 62. He said, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. He's saying, my anxious, shaky, can't shut it down, restless soul only finds rest in the unshakable God. Because we can get fooled into thinking, you know, man, if I could just get that, if I could just experience that, if I could just go there, man, like if I could go like to a tropical paradise for a month and just get a massage every day, I'd be able to rest. I'd be able to shut it down. You know what I'm learning? There is no experience like that. There is no dream home. There is no dream vacation. There's no lasting thing outside of God that can bring the real rest that my soul craves. I love the way St. Augustine put it in this famous prayer. He said, you have made us for yourself, oh God. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. God, you're a creator. You know me inside out. So you know that my soul, the real me, the the one you breathe life into, you know it's restless until I find rest in you. I'm telling you guys, you just got to draw close to him this year. You got to draw close to him this year. You know, like we've already said, in in this culture, you and I, I'm not not overstating this either. We can be addicted to a hurried pace. I, I read an article just a couple of weeks ago. How so many people, especially millennials, the article was talking about, literally cannot live without their phone. Just can't do it. And I I get it because you just got to check what's happening on Snapchat every 15 seconds, right? You got to see that post on Instagram or Facebook. You got to see that latest tweet and who liked it. And we can literally become addicted. To approval seeking and other people's expectations, we become slaves to pace and stress. And then we rationalize with saying, hey, that's just the way it is, man. That's just the speed of life. It's just the way it works in our culture. Well, the Apostle Paul says this to Jesus' followers who were living in a hurry sick culture. He says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the pace of this world determine your pace. Gang, I'm telling you, this is a big deal. You have to get intentional about this this year. You have to pull over, shut out the noise. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your lives. And hear the lover of your soul say, come to me. Just come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your what? soul." So, you gotta pull over. You gotta pull over. And then, secondly, you gotta pop the hood. Pull over, pop the hood. Now, the truth is, as much as we complain about it, you and I are drawn to hurry because it makes us feel important, makes us feel powerful, it gets the juices flowing, gets the adrenaline pumping, and it keeps us from seeing the truth about our life. And if we're gonna be like, live with a healthy soul this year, if you are gonna be like a healthy you and I'm gonna be a healthy me, Then we got to examine the reality of our life with fearless honesty. You have to pull over and pop the hood and just come to God in the quiet and search me. Oh, God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. You pull over, pop the hood of your life and say, God, I believe that you made me. You are the master mechanic and I need you to troubleshoot my soul. I'm asking you, God, to take me to the root of my hurry sickness. What is it? that makes me idle so fast? Why? why are my RPMs out of control? What am I chasing and why am I chasing it? What am I running from and why am I running from it? God, is all this extra stuff I'm accumulating, is it really making my life better? Why is my body running so rough? God, why is my mind constantly racing? Why does my soul feel so empty? God, really, why? Why can't I sleep? Why can't I say no? Am I addicted to approval? Why do I overschedule my kids? Show me what that's doing to our family. Why is it, what is it that's fueling this this competitive drive to always be first? What part, honestly, does procrastination and clutter play in overwhelming me? Why do I work so hard to be accepted when I already am? Why do I run so fast to be somebody when I already am? God, when Jesus says, come to me, how come I don't? You got to pull over and pop the hood and take an honest look inside. Just say, search me, search me, oh God. And it's extremely helpful to get a trusted friend involved in this process. Like Gene said, you ought to get in a group this year or maybe even get a counselor to get under the hood with you and just say, God, I, I want to I do things differently this year. So if you want to stop missing out, you want to stop passing by, you're going to have to pull over and pop the hood. And then one last thing, you got to change lanes. you got to change lanes. i got a buddy back in Kentucky who's fond of saying, bro, you know what? If nothing changes, nothing changes. That's really good, man. But you know what? It is. It's pretty profound. Think about that. You and I can sit here and think, okay, God, I hear you. You know what? I probably do suffer from hurry sickness, and I might need to make some of these changes. And then we walk right out of here and run over people in the parking lot, right? We're right back to the frantic pace. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So if you and I are going to detox from hurry sickness, then we're going to have to start doing some things differently. You have to change lanes. You got to get real intentional about it. Remember, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And maybe you could do like me to start with some small things. These are some things I also share with you personally, I've been trying to do that have really helped me kind of become more patient and, and less hurry, hurry sick, just simple things. Uh, like I've been trying to let other people go in front of me in line I mean, just like the other night, I just had, I had a few items, and a guy behind me, uh, I mean, I had a bunch of items, The guy behind me had fewer items than I did, so I just stepped back and said, hey, will not you go ahead, just about killed me, but it's like, but it's, helped, <laughs> but it's helping me, and like, just no, no kidding, I've been, instead of running to a re- crowded restaurant door, you know, I, I see these people get out of their car, and these people get out of their car, and instead of racing them to the door, I will get to the door now, and I'll hold it open, go, come on in, guys. And it just about kills me to see them get the table ahead of me. But it's been really, really good for my hurry, sick soul. I've been, I've been setting my cruise control on my truck. And I realize you, you, and I've been driving the speed limit. I mean, the exact speed limit. And I know you can't do that everywhere, especially LA, you'll get killed. Uh, but there's, there's this one highway that I take on a regular basis from uh, Ventura to Valencia. It's called the 126. It's really kind of a pretty uh, rural drive through a bunch of agriculture stuff. And I just set the cruise on 55. That's the speed limit. I don't do 56, 57, 50. I put on 55. I put my window down. My wife got me uh serious XM radio for my birthday so I could like listen to ball games when I'm driving a bunch. or I, and I, So I'll put it on like uh, some worship channel or, or the Garth channel, which is awesome. And, and I crank it up and I put my window down. I stick my hand out the window. I'm doing this as I'm driving down the road these days. And you're thinking you probably have your blinker on the whole time, you old man. Uh, but, it's, but it's just helping me. It's just helping me. It's settling me down. I've been leaving the house earlier intentionally just so I don't stress out about not being on time. I've been getting to the airport much earlier than I used to, so I'm not running to the gate. And this one has been really huge for me. I've been slowing down just to drink in the goodness of God in my life. I've been trying to, like, mimic Mary, just treasure more, ponder more, reflect more, express a whole lot more gratitude. So I'm just trying to slow down and notice and give thanks every day. Don't just think about what has to be done. Think about what God has already done. Express your gratitude. David wrote another cool song lyric that says this, let my soul, just let it be at rest again. For here's the truth. God has been so good to me. He saved me from death and my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on this earth. I'm gonna live and drink in the goodness of God. I'm gonna build gratitude into my day all day long. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna pull over, pop the hood, and I'm gonna change lanes. Every Thursday night, I get kicked out of my house. Uh, my wife, Debbie, has a Bible study on Thursday nights. And so I meet a, I meet a buddy of mine, uh, a guy that I've been mentoring for a number of years now. Just an awesome guy. We've become great friends. Uh, he's three years uh, clean and sober uh, from a lot of stuff, drugs, alcohol, a bunch of stuff. But uh, just to watch his life, man, he's growing so much. It's just a blast to hang out with him. So Thursday nights, we, just, we talk about God. We talk about life. Uh, we pray. And uh, we, we take in sunsets the other night. We sat there in awe, going, wow, God is an incredible artist, isn't he? He's really good with watercolors. And, wow, it was, it was amazing. And as I sat there just looking at the sky, this verse just kept going over and over in my mind. Be still. Just know, just know that I'm God. So here's your new New Year's homework assignment. Let's do that. Pull over, pop the hood do that. Let, let me challenge you e- even a little further with this. I want to challenge you to take a day off soon. And call it a sick day if you want to, because if you're hurry sick, you really are sick. Just take, take a day off. Shut off your cell phone for the entire day. Get off the grid. Be unavailable. Shut off your laptop. Don't even take it with you. Don't check your email. Fast from social media. Fast from fast food and drive-throughs. Fast from noise. Fast from the usual barrage of, of information and activity. Turn off your television, take off your watch, and just breathe deeply. Pray, talk to God, listen to God, fall asleep in the presence of God. Just be still and know God. And as you do, perhaps you'll hear this invitation from Jesus saying, are you tired? You're worn out? Maybe even burned out on religion? Well, just come to me. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Just watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Just keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So what do you say we take him up on that New Year's invitation?
0: I have seen you in the sanctuary, beheld your power and glory, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, in your name I will. singing in the shadow of your wing I'm staying close beside you your right hand upholds me I think of you through the night with singing lips I will praise And my soul will be satisfied Cause your love Thanks, Mike, and our thanks to Acapella Ministries for their spiritual, heart-healthy music of worship. Mike's analogy of pulling over, popping the hood, changing lanes may be oversimplified, yet he's offering us starting points in those illustrations. The sin in this world has really blinded this world, and the pursuit of happiness is disastrously skewed from God's design for the world and for us. Like Mike said, Jesus is inviting us to do it His way. That's God's way. And slow down and cleanse our souls. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you'd like a copy of today's broadcast, we'll be glad to send it to you free. And we'll pay the postage. Just call us at 515-770-2241. That's 515-770-2241. When you call, please be prepared to leave us your name and mailing address. You'll also find us on the Internet at thechristianshour.org. That's thechristianshour.org. We're also at oneplace.org, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm program host Stan Smelser. Thanks for listening today. Please join us again
1: next week for another edition of TCH.